because... <laughs> oh, fuck. God, Cindy, get your mind out of the gutter. I thought your coffee smelled you good, just, not your crotch. You just put your nose in my like lap area. <laughs> Welcome to Secretly Tim. My name's John. I'm here with Cindy, Megan, and Regina, and we have a special guest this week, Jamie from uh, Austin's Autistic Adventures. Let's get you closer to the mic. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and we have a featured song this week. It's by the U.S. Americans. The song is called FCK the KGB. And uh, we we have Jamie for a limited amount of time. So let's just jump in. Tell us about uh, your nonprofit. Give us, you know, the lowdown of what it's about. What okay. it is about. Um, in January, I decided to found my nonprofit for adults on the autism spectrum because my daughter had graduated from high school and had almost nothing to do. She went from having a very full live choir, friends, all kinds of things. And then as soon as she graduated, of course, most of her friends who are neurotypical, which is what we call people who are not autistic, graduated, moved away, got jobs and what have you. And suddenly she had very little to do. My daughter has high functioning autism. So she, that means she's not severe. So she was not right for places called dayhabs, which honestly I wouldn't put my dog in. And she was not good enough, like an Asperger's person, to get a job or to go to college. So she was left with virtually nothing to do all day. I was teaching, and my husband's also a professor. So we could kind of juggle things and, you know, make sure one of us was around. But still, that left her with a lot of time to just not be doing much of anything. And I thought she could not possibly be the only one in this gap area. You know, not low and functioning enough for dayhabs, not high functioning enough for college. So I just decided that what she needed most in her life was social opportunities. What she needed and they all need is to improve their skills, just being out with people, going to places, letting people in the community know that they're out there and there's nothing to be afraid of and they're actually great people. Um, so for about five or six months, I taught and ran my nonprofit at the same time. And frankly, we only had a couple of people because I didn't have enough time to devote to it. In May, I decided I didn't get a teaching gig for summer. And I thought, well, I'm just going to see if we can make this work. In July, we got um, an article published on us by the Dallas Morning News. We were featured in WFAA. And since that time, we've just exploded. We have 40 regular members now and wow. several that are just kind of now finding us, um, we just have a wonderful time, and it's it's the best thing I've ever done, and I really love it, and I think all the parents will tell you the same thing. And one of the unexpected pleasures of doing this is that the parents have all formed these friendships, too. So mm-hmm. I thought I was going to have to get lots of volunteers to come and help out. The parents come. Um, I always have five or six parents at each event, so it's just been great for everybody. Um, we go all kinds of places. Um, The people that are out there get to know our kids, and we hope that one day this will lead to maybe not full-time jobs, but perhaps part-time jobs. For example, one of the things we do every once in a while is go to the Pocket Sandwich Theater, Mm -hmm. and when when the show, the first time we went, when the show was over, my daughter and another one of our kids ran up on stage, (laughs) and we're taking bows and hugging all the cast, right? So um, this meant that 
they weren't just aware of autism. They were really interacting with autism. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, the cast came to my Facebook page and said, oh, we had such a good time. It was the best night we've had in a long, long time. And what I'm hoping with that is that when they see some of the things my kids can do from our Facebook page, like a few of our kids are great artists, maybe they'll say, hey, can Ryan come help us with painting some backdrops or what have you? So that they just have something more meaningful to do than just sitting in front of a computer all day long or a TV. Because like, I guess, all of us at this table, we're kind of secretly introverts. Our autistic kids are very introverted and they're happily just left in their room all day. They would be fine in front of a computer, but that's not good for them. Mm -hmm. And it's not good for the community. One of the things people used to say to me when my daughter was little was, Oh, don't worry um, about her as an adult, because where are all the adults with autism? And when my daughter mm. was 8 or 10, I would say, oh, you must be right. They must grow out of it. They don't grow out of it. They just, yeah, get, they just get cut out of sight. Yeah. Um, so my, my job now is to bring them to visibility and have everybody accept them as more of a part of the community. So. I was, a, as you can tell, as a professor, I can talk forever. So I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. I think everything just like exploded at the same time. Yeah, that's fine. Um, how did you envision this like starting to where it is now? Um, well, I just kind of, I was joking on my Facebook page recently that was just kind of like playing Marco Polo. I was just like, here we are, here we are, here we are. And we just eventually found people. But I do have um, lots of, um, purposes for the group other than just having fun. Forming friendships has been so important. Um, our kids long to have friends, but it's hard to make friends. Mm -hmm. Especially, think about a, a neurotypical person over 18, how harder it, how much harder it is to make friends once you graduate from high school than mm -hmm. once in high That's school. That's why I still have all my friends <laughs> right. from high school. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No one will be friends yeah. with us, so <laughs> we're all just still friends with each other. Exactly. Well, they, they have just... It's just been wonderful to see them making friendships within the group. They Now they call and text each other. They look at my invites to see who's going to each event. So, you, you know, is so-and-so going to be there? If they're coming, I'm coming and that sort of thing. So that's one of the things I hoped would happen and has indeed happened. Like I said, we have people um, just donating all kinds of goods and services to us all the time now so that the community really is becoming aware that they're out there and wanting to help. Um, it's been, like I said, respite for parents, whether they mm -hmm. choose to just say, hey, can you just take them for these two hours today while I go grocery shopping or respite in the fact that, hey, you can talk to somebody who actually understands your kid mm -hmm. because you guys can empathize and sympathize, but it's not the same as actually knowing. Oh, right. So, right. you know, just having that group around you has been just wonderful. Um, so, yep, they get up. Every single day. Um, our program is really unique. We're the only day, only daily meeting social group in the country for adults with autism. Wow. Which we had no idea when we started out. I had a, uh, my friend Jenna was helping me look for grants and she looked at all these sites and she says, there's nothing, nothing like this. They can't, we can't model it after something because there there's isn't anything. Yeah, right. um, but that's been really great for parents too, because one the other unique thing about my program is that um, you don't you don't pay for a whole week of activities if you don't want to do all those activities. Like, you know, just like neurotypical people, people with autism have things they like to do and things they don't like to do. So if you're a kid who doesn't have any interest in roller skating, you don't have to come roller skating that day. And I say this because you guys may not know this if you don't have kids, but a lot of programs are like you pay for the whole week and whether you come or not, you're paying. 
Uh, my program is self-selecting. So you can come on Monday and Tuesday or Monday and Wednesday or whatever combination you'd like. And the other thing that we do is I was committed to making it super affordable for parents. Mm -hmm. For two hours, it's usually $20, $25. No matter what we do, we go bowling, museums, what have you. Um, if you stick the word special needs on anything, it typically makes the price mm -hmm. skyrocket. I was a single mom for nine years. I couldn't afford anything. I wasn't going to do that for parents. I want our I want my group to be not just the wealthy and the elite, but also for single moms or lower income people. Um, so that's been the combination of, you know, choosing which days you want to come and the affordability, I think, has made the group super popular. All I did was sit down and say, what, what would I want to do for my child? And then the, the program grew out of that. What challenges do you have programming an entire week? Oh, it's an entire month. <laughs> right. Month or week time. after week. Yeah. Well, I try to, we don't do anything like you may be thinking, oh, you must go bowling every Wednesday. We don't do that. Although we do have some recurring events like bowling that, you know, trampoline parks or what have you. What I'm doing, what I'm doing right now, this weekend, as a matter of fact, is I go through every event ever listed on the Facebook calendar through the whole city. I go through the whole guide. I call businesses. Like last month, we went on a corporate, the corporate tour of Chuck E. Cheese, which was super fun. That because sounds you, amazing. I know you would think it's like, okay, who, cubicles, who cares? But no, they had a test kitchen. And the kids all got to make a pizza. They had the old animatronics and oh. they got to work the animatronics. <laughs> the, rock, the rock fire explosion. Yeah. Did you meet the rock fire I explosion? Did. It was awesome. <laughs> um, so it was, that was fun. We're going to, I'm, contacting uh, KERA to get them a tour of the KERA studios. Think you should go and yes, see I'm Think. Gonna, sorry. Um, I'm going to talk think. to Think. There's not the only person that's recommended oh, Chris that. Chris Boyd. Um, yeah. Oh, my. They have still my heart. Glenn Mitchell, right? And then <laughs> oh, he I miss died. Glenn. Yeah, um, that, was a good, uh, that was a good show then. One of our kids, all, all every person with autism that I've ever met, I shouldn't say all, but they all have their kind of special area of interest. And one of our kids is super into wristwatches. So I'm going to try to get them a tour of the fossil watches factory up in Richardson. Oh, so I'm always fun. looking for new places to introduce them to because you never know what door that might open for them. I know somebody that worked there. Oh, yeah. Put me in touch. If that's helpful <laughs> to you. Um, so like, so that takes a lot of time just trying to coordinate all this. Um, I, anyway, I, I had a point here and I'm, I'm losing it. Um, Challenges. The There's, question, the initial question yeah. was like challenges, but it sounds like you are really trying to tackle every single avenue for yeah. this. Yeah. Well, I know what I was going to say about challenges. Um, for adults on the spectrum, once they turn 18, there are these places um, that offer them some sort of job placement, like the Texas Workforce Commission. I think it's called something else now or Life Path. But the problem with those entities is, is that they're looking at just big places like Kroger, you might know, mm -hmm. hires a lot of people with disabilities. And while that's wonderful, for our kids, that's not a good fit. Um, they don't, do, um, unlike what people perceive of autism, they don't do well with repetitive tasks. My daughter, for example, is very creative. So when she's bored, she goes off into kind of la-la land. And people, you would think people would be nice. People get mad. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not being fast enough. You're not packing your, their groceries properly. Mm. She's not good with money. So all those kinds of things are not good fits for her. And those places like TWC and Life Path, from what I have seen, are not looking for those other opportunities. Also, and I could be wrong about this, but this is my understanding, 
that Kroger and so forth get paid like $25 an hour to hire our kids and they pay them below minimum wage. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, they, that's, yeah. They that, can pay below minimum wage? That, that's, I think so because it's a special case. Now that's the part I'm not completely sure about, but I do know not that they're cool. getting, they're getting that like slave labor, right? <laughs> right. Um, so, so that the, the, the not creative opportunities and the jobs that aren't right for them, that's not good. So that's yeah. why I'm going somewhere different all the time. So while we do have events that are just for fun, like bowling or roller skating, we're also going to, you know, the theaters and art galleries and museums, just places that TWC is not looking for. Right. Because they're not part of their – and I understand why they have to do it. I mean, they have contracts with certain people and so forth. But our kids are never going to get – for the most part, full-time jobs. I do have some in the group that do work full-time. One works at a movie theater. One works at a grocery store. But most are like my daughter. So if I could find something fulfilling for her to do 10 hours a week, painting scenery or, you know, doing some kind of something that she cares about, I would rather have that than her being miserable 20 hours a week or 30 mm-hmm. hours yeah, a week that somewhere makes perfect else. Sense. Yep. So that's why we go out all the time to different places and just looking for those opportunities. And you have some success stories too, don't yeah, you? Like I, I read about uh, one of your kids who was afraid of fire. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We went to a hibachi restaurant the other day. Everybody really yeah. should be afraid of fire. I mean, I don't think that's <laughs> well, she is like unreasonable. Really, really kind of. <laughs> It just heightened like more, most people may say I'm, I'm afraid of a spider but you know so she's risk averse is what you're yeah, telling me so we went to a hibachi <laughs> okay restaurant. I can relate to that we went to a hibachi restaurant and she her mom said you do are you sure because they're gonna she said I'm not gonna take you away you're gonna have to sit there but because her friends were coming she wanted to be there too so I call that some gentle peer pressure once they have friends within the group then they want to start challenging their own boundaries I'm talking about other successes in the group um one of our kids, I already mentioned, Ryan, is a fabulous artist. And when I did our website and our logo, I just, I'm not. <laughs> I'm good with words, not good with art. So I just did some, you know, basic kind of clip art stuff for our logo. And he designed us a beautiful logo, which is now going to be on our all our literature, and we're making T-shirts with it. Nice. So while that's not, you know, a full-time paying gig, that's something he can take pride in and feel like his skills are being used, and he is so proud of it can't wait for the t-shirts to come out so i try to find things even within the group that make them feel good about themselves i gave up long ago as i said my daughter ever having a paying job i don't really care about that but i do care about her being happy and fulfilled and that's what all our parents are committed to as well what is something you want um the rest of us to know about adults with autism okay that we may not assume right away yeah and it's this is um, is a great question and that's one of the reasons we go out are everywhere all the time. People often assume that people with autism are nonverbal, for one thing. And we do have a couple in our group that are nonverbal, but for the most part, they are very verbal. My daughter <laughs> never shuts up. <laughs> I love her dearly, but she stops, starts talking from the second she wakes up until the second she goes to bed. And that's most of our, in our group are very verbal. Another misconception is that they're all savants. They're all um, like Rain Man, rare. Savants are like 0.3% of the spectrum. So no, she can't count a million toothpicks. She doesn't have, people ask me all the time, oh, what's her special skill? And I say, talking all the time. That's her special, <laughs> that's her special skill. Um, but so that's another misconception. Um, another one is that they're violent towards themselves or others. They're not. All my kids, there are people on the spectrum who are, but my group is against for that high functioning um, area of the spectrum. 
I don't have anybody that self-harms, not one. So that's, you know, just by getting out like that, we kind of do away with those misperceptions, right? You don't have anybody that really hates bowling and goes to every bowling day? No. If they don't come to bowling, they don't come. If they don't like bowling, they don't come. Um, Sorry, that was a joke about (laughs) self-harm. Go on. (laughs) Um, Trying to to think what else. Um, Temple Grandin is another famous person with autism. Well, a lot of people haven't even heard of Temple Grandin, but she's, um, there was a movie made about her. She's probably like the star of autism. She's almost 70 now. But she's able to very much articulate what it's like to be autistic. That is an anomaly. My daughter can't tell you why she's getting frustrated or why why she's in her fantasy world or whatever. So people say, oh, she's don't worry, she'll be like Temple Grandin. No, she's not going to be Temple, Temple Grandin. Again, she's the exception, not the rule. So that's another thing that people say, oh, well, she's not Temple Grandin or they're not Temple Grandin. I think the last thing is just seeing them as a group because our groups now are... Um, I've had to limit them to 15 per day, sometimes 12, depending on what it is we're doing. But when we go out on moss like that, it's not, oh, there's one adult with autism. There's 12 of them, and they're okay. And that's been really good for parents that have younger kids, that they see, okay, it's not going to be an institution, or it doesn't have to be, and that they're happy, and that they do have friends. I can't tell you how many parents I talk to that are just crying tears of joy because their kids have friends. Aww. I mean, it's just, it I just, I'm, I'm going to start crying now. <laughs> yeah. We started. Our having, parents did yeah. the same thing. <laughs> um, we started having birthday parties for our kids because most kids, even neurotypical kids, stop having parties. But our kids almost never had a party for anybody. So now we have a birthday and all their friends come and they bring little gifts and they get to go to a place that they want to go and. It's just been, it's That's just huge. been great. Yeah. Can I, can That's I share a, a story? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. This happened a couple years ago. Um, on Facebook, you were, uh, Austin had, uh, she was very interested in William Shatner. Oh, yes. Do you remember this? <laughs> the ongoing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're asking people, because William Shatner does not get out autographs. No. And you're asking people, hey, how can I get William Shatner's autograph? Uh-huh. And I felt awful typing it. <laughs> totally awful, but I suggested. <laughs> but I. <laughs> but I did it anyway. Just signing a picture as William I Shatner. I totally did that. Austin. <gasps> Do you remember though, Austin? I did not know that Austin was, was she on Facebook. At that? She let me. Did she? <laughs> I don't remember yeah, that. That's I incredible. didn't do it with Shatner, but I did it with. She got um, her next obsession was this little kid that was in the Jungle Book called. His name's Neil Sethi. Hmm. And I totally did that. <laughs> That's amazing. I also did one from Alec Baldwin. She Does she listen weird. to podcasts? No. <laughs> she, and even even if she told John that, she would have forget. She'd forget oh, she was anyway. like, what? I forgot what she said. She was like, nice try, genius, or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God. I am so sorry. You privately messaged me and were like <laughs> saying that you're laughing. That is amazing. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> Yeah, but she, has, she hasn't caught on to the other ones that I've done that exactly. <laughs> but the pro, but Shatner, he ignores everybody, so mm-hmm. he never answered her. But this poor little kid that was in the Jungle Book movie, she found him on Instagram, Facebook, talks to him all the time. And he's been so sweet to her. Aww, he just says, sweet. You know, he kind of indulges her for a little bit and then says, I have to go now. Oh, I love <laughs> that. Yeah. What's his name? Neil Sethi. I'm going to find that yeah, boy. he's a sweetie. He's only like 11. 
So Bless we're kind of happy heart. that her interests are going a little more towards young. <laughs> they're still too young for her, but at yeah. least they're not, you know, William Shatner or William yeah. Shatner from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, amazing. I thought about like, I don't know the proper way to ask this question. Oh, just, yes, doesn't matter. Um, what's, cause I, I, can only imagine because people are awful that sometimes your social interaction with just everyday people isn't positive. So somebody that may not have any sort of experience uh, interacting with people, um, like what do you have any like suggestions? Like how how should people act like humans around people that are not <laughs> neurotypical? Um, I don't ever mind if people just ask me, "Does she have autism?" And I'll say yes. Um, honestly. Austin, it's it's hard for me to answer that question because Austin is so outgoing that almost nobody, she's so disarmingly charming that nobody has a problem with that. I have to take that. Cindy's on call. Um, I don't know. I think just, I I honestly don't know how to answer that question. I'm sorry. I wish I did. (sighs) Um, Can I just add to your question maybe and go back to uh, what you said in the very beginning about how you are trying to teach these adults that uh there's nothing to be afraid of Uh can i can i please suggest that there is everything to be afraid of and that like the social uh universe is a horrible place (laughs) and that they should just be as cautious as possible um well i think (laughs) that's I don't know I don't know how to answer that either except that you know some of the It's a rhetorical that, question really. You're right people can be horrible <laughs> but I think one of the What do you mean they can be? They oh, are they as are a matter horrible. of fact. Well, here's the thing. Um when I first started my group we I thought first I was worried we wouldn't have enough people interested. So I had it as autism and other intellectual disabilities. But the thing about autism is that they're their own creature. They're not Down syndrome. They're not anything else. And they kind of, whether they're our lowest functioning one to our highest functioning, they kind of get each other. So they'll kind of check each other and they understand each other's jokes. Like Austin right now, she's obsessed with Muppet Treasure Island. And while all of us get sick of it in three seconds, almost everyone in the group will just indulge her, you know, let her talk about it a lot longer than they, another person would. And it's not like she's alone. They all have their own obsessions. Like our, our guy that designed the logo is obsessed with menus. He carries around binders full of menus. We have another kid that's obsessed with coupons, and he carries around coupons, and he'll give everybody a coupon, and they don't act weird. They just take it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so um, Okay, so, so you're saying, like, she uh, she's obsessed with Muppets Treasure Island, uh-huh, is that what you said? Right. <laughs> and everybody else indulges her in the group. Does that Does that... Are you implying that the other people in the group are not as excited about it, oh, but no. they say, they okay, well, less. she likes it, so we're going <laughs> to... No, they could care less. They, they, no, She's the only person that cares about Muppet Treasure Island in the whole world. Man, I do that every yeah. day. Do <laughs> well, you have an opening? <laughs> well, it's four o'clock, four. so you need to... Yeah, I'm going to have to go. I'm sorry, my But before son, you go, you have a fundraiser, yeah. right? Yes, yes. So thank you for letting me plug it. Um, on Tuesday, November 7th, we will be at the Blue Mesa across from North Park. Oh, okay, and cool. And we have a wonderful silent auction. My moms have been out pounding the pavement, and dads, too, getting us all kinds of super fun things to auction off. We'll also have a picture booth, and we have T-shirts for sale, and we're going to play bingo, and we'll have karaoke, so it'll be a fun night. There's no ticket price, 7 to 9 p.m., November 2nd, 7th, sorry, 
at Blue Mesa, please come. Uh, we'll have appetizers provided, no ticket, um, and come out and join us. I mean, yeah, what's your uh, website? Uh, it's Facebook, Twitter, yeah, all that Facebook stuff. Facebook is uh, both. If you'll just Google Austin's Autistic Adventures, that's Austin with an E, like Jane Austen, and uh, it'll all be there. Sweet. All right, we're gonna pause here. I'm gonna walk Jamie back and back to her car because I'm a gentleman, and uh, we'll be back. Because you're worried about Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) (laughs) And Jamie, thanks for joining us, Jamie. I hope you can come back. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. I'm sorry I have to run, but I didn't. I scheduling two kids, so (laughs) okay. We're very offended. Okay, thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right, guys, I'll be right back. Okay, I'm starving. I'm gonna grab a snack real quick. Damn. Tell me, tell me in a minute. We're back. I will. We're back. (laughs) And it's silent. (laughs) So thank you again, Jamie, for coming on. And are you guys ready to get into some HTs? Let's do it. That's so lame. That's so lame. Let's do that. HTs. Hot tamales? Yeah. I'm all about that. Halloween candy right now. Alright, the first story I want to talk about, and it's actually more a question for you all. Oh, Cindy and I are sitting cl- so close together. I know, I was we just don't about need to move. To. <laughs> I, I think it's romantic. Just stay there. We're going to just hold hands. So there's been more and more uh, Harvey Weinstein fallout where, with more and more um, awful men uh, being exposed for their awfulness. Shock. Yeah, including uh, George H.W. Bush. Who's 90 plus in a wheelchair, but he's still grabbing ass. No, okay. I thought this happened like a while ago. No, it's been recent. It was recent. It's recent. In fact, people will tell women around them saying, just so you know, he's a little grabby. And do you know what he does? Did his spiel, have you heard what his spiel is? Mm -mm. He'll ask them, guess who my favorite magician is? And they'll say, I don't know who. Oh, God. Wait. Wait. And he'll say, David Copperfield. Copperfield. And then he'll grab their asses. Hey, I didn't even read that because apparently we have the same sense of humor. And that's what I would have said. It gets if worse. If I were he. It gets worse. How does it get worse? I forgot. Oh. Um, Do you mean better? No, it gets worse because. <laughs> Comedically? They, they, were, they, they were saying that, that that's something that he does to make people feel at ease. Wait, as he's grabbing as their he's grabbing, breast? No, their ass. ass their ass. I he's guess. in a wheelchair, so he can't reach the tits. Oh, he can for only reach fuck's the ass. Sake. Um, how tall you are. But it's Cindy, so, it's just so strange, because it seems like all the people that need to be put at uh, ease are women, where you think sometimes a man might need to be put at ease, but he's not grabbing their ass. But anyway, so another one of these men that were called out is Mark Halperin. Do we, know who, do we all know who Mark Halperin is? Mark Halperin. I do not he is a uh well now he's he's always on my favorite show Morning Joe. Um he's been an executive at ABC. He wrote that he wrote that book Game Change about the uh the uh 2008 election that they turned into a movie. Anyway, he's high up there and and back in the day when he worked at, I think at ABC News, he's uh multiple women came forward that to say that he was uh, uh very problematic. To say the least, like he rubbed his heart on on them, uh, uh, masturbating in front of them. Gross. Um, but no. the question I want to ask is, 
So on Morning Joe, like he was a cast, basically a cast member on Morning Joe. He'd be on, he was on that show almost every single day. And, uh, Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough, you know, I mean, they reported the Harvey Weinstein as they should. And they reported the, uh, Bill O'Reilly as they should, Donald Trump as they should. But then they had to report about their friend, you know, because it's one of their colleagues. Yes. And so I was just wondering, like, and, and they, they, did it quickly and kind of, you know, like ripping off a band switch to something else very fast. Right. But I was just wondering, what would you do if like one of your friends was accused of sexual harassing a coworker or sexually assaulting someone? How, what would you guys do? Step one, stop being their fucking friend. Well, hold on. We've actually talked about this on that, on the show, but, um, Will you move the camera a little it, bit, John? it depends if, um, it's true or not, right? But it's definitely a tightrope to walk. Um, you know, yeah, if someone's truly engaged in that kind of behavior, yeah, you don't want to be friends with them anymore. But um, what if they're, you know, unjustly accused and they didn't, you know? Like, and what if you don't know what the truth is? What do you do then? What is the truth exactly? What's a fact? What cannot be negotiated with the exception of mathematics? Well, well either was... someone did sexually harass somebody or they didn't, but it's essentially usually one person's word against another, right? So do you well, let's say instead of instead of like let's just let's say there is definitive proof that somebody did it. Let's say there's cameras or I mean, would you Stop being that person's friend? Yeah. What if I think it, I'd have to. What if it were me or John or Megan? Well, we sexually harass each other all the, all the time. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, so what if it was like, you know, us or one of us against somebody like outside of our inner circle, right? Because we would never. I <laughs> only willing, do it to people we that really love. That's how you know other. that I care about That's you. That's terrible. No, but I mean, that that's another that's another show. But what I'm saying is like what if it was one of us outside of outside of the script? I mean, I think if you sexually harass somebody, it would be a moment for intervention. Like, hey, you know, that's not okay. Do you need help with this? What motivates this? If it's sexual assault, I, that's somebody you just can't trust to be around. I yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to make an argument that I thought I would never make. Um, okay. So, so socialization is a, 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 uh, very widespread problem. And I think we probably don't realize how widespread it is because now it's innate, right? So, so it's possible that some of our friends have sexually harassed people without realizing it. So, I don't want to be the person to say this, me out of all of us. I want to just like say that people are terrible and that they should be executed immediately all the time for whatever it is, parking in a handicapped space or, you know, like using the wrong form well, you're of being facetious, but yeah, we or, no, I'm not really. I mean, everything I say sounds like a joke, but I'm actually very serious. Everybody keeps thinking that I'm this like fucking comedian, but I'm actually everything I say is completely serious. Uh, <laughs> I 
I think that maybe we should have a conversation with them because maybe they didn't know. Maybe that wasn't their intention. And, and isn't context like the most important factor in any pickle? Well, sure. You can't just throw a blanket over everything, but uh, if it's a pattern of bad behavior, then, you know, yeah, you have to address it. Everybody makes a mistake here and there, but um, like, yeah, if they're like a serial offender, then yeah, you. I think it's our duty as human beings to try and intervene and, and change that behavior or motivate them to change that okay. behavior. Like if you're socialized to think that something is okay and then it doesn't equal x and x is a bad thing then serial if serial offending isn't even necessarily a you know that's your new like norm. a i mean i guess for me personally let's say if one of our friends was accused of sexual assault or harassment or just like something as simple as grabbing somebody's ass in a bar you know without that person's consent whoever it, whoever it is i think for me it really depend on a, the situation, and B, if that person felt remorse or not, you know? Context. Because yeah. we all make mistakes. Granted, that's that does not excuse, you know, uh, something as severe as rape. I mean, I think I would have a real hard time forgiving somebody for that, even though I, I really want to be one of those friends that was, that'll be like, you know, I, I always have your back even though always is, you know, there's an asterisk by it. Um, right. Because uh, remorse is, I don't know, it, really, it would just really depend on the remorse of it all. If they well, felt bad about it or if they were taking steps to correct the situation or I don't know. But then it's something I, then I think about something like Mark Halperin who knew what he was doing or knew that he had this in his past and still sat on that stage underneath those lights and in front of that camera and, you know, wagged his finger at Harvey Weinstein. And I'm just something about that that's just, uh, well, it's, it's human, but it's also so sinister at the same time. Something about casting for stones and glass houses or whatever. Like, uh, I don't, uh, I don't think that. That's a different podcast. <laughs> It is a Sunday. Um, yeah, it is. It's a Sabbath. <laughs> we shall be sleeping. Go on. No, I, I just, I think that, um, I think that a lot of people can have a change of heart. Like this isn't, this isn't something that was recent, right? Like, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I got drunk once at the Grapevine Bar and I grabbed somebody's ass because I went on a date with this person years and years and years ago and it went awful and... I felt bad about it ever since. And I wish I did not do that. And I did it. I don't even know why I did it, you know? Um, I, I think we all have mistakes that we've made in our sexual past. And that's, that, I mean, I think, I think on the grand scheme of things, that's pretty, you know, that's like a two. <laughs> and I still feel guilty about maybe, it because it was totally wrong of me to do it. And I did it out of malice. I didn't do the it. The things that maybe we do when two. we are drunk are the things that we would do in a world with no consequences. That's why I do this podcast uh, say every that again. Sunday and say the say, things that I say. Please say that again because I'm going to put that on a tweet. <laughs> no, it's a real thing. The things that we do when we're drunk are the things that we do in a world without consequences. Man, and I've had, I've sucked a lot of 
I know, me too. I'm telling you. I made out with a fire dancer for Christ's sake. <laughs> I remember that. That was awesome. Megan, that was Megan, seeing as you've sucked a lot of D's too, we're like I sucked a lot of D's because I am naturally very promiscuous and felt like that's on a on a on a scale that's like the least risky thing you can do sexually. It's really not though, because now they tell I you know, that it that's gets what I was talking about. Cancer. There's that super Is gonorrhea. That that's yep. super gonorrhea that's of the mouth <laughs> that you don't fucking know, and then you get cancer and die I'm from so sucking bees. Relieved what? that that research came out because now I'm like, listen, man, I don't want to get fucking mouth cancer. <laughs> You're like, so, well, I have a high deductible policy, sir. So just put it down there because it's not going up here. <laughs> <laughs> also, to defend, like you know. <laughs> sucking a lot of D's uh, when you're drunk a world without consequences includes a world where you don't feel grossed out or your jaw hurts when you're sucking a lot of D's <laughs> and then you right? wake up and you're like why so, is my shirt uh, crusty <laughs> yeah why did I fucking do that why? I did not why care about I not that at all hinge my jaw back together like a cobra <laughs> I, got, I have TMJ, and that was before all of the D's, right? So I'm, af- I'm afraid. So I... now it's TMJ squared. It's I'm afraid horrible. that you know, like <laughs> at least now it's both sides. You know, like how smokers, <laughs> like smokers that have smoked for like decades, they get those ugly lines around their lips. I'm afraid I'm going to get that from second D's. <laughs> you will. I've seen it. I've seen it. I worked at a homeless shelter. You will fucking get that. So, there's a number. And I'll tell you off air what it is. Please do not surpass that number. Uh, I also have an off air story to tell about this. So we'll need to end a little early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's go. Regina, on to any stories about that? Lesbians uh, have it made. You don't really have to worry about kids. You don't have to worry about strange mouth no, gonorrhea. No, no. Do, do Domestic not violence is the least out of all of them. John. Do not minimize her plight, okay? Because plight, <laughs> yeah. Because I'll tell you a story about that, and and my brother being like, "Oh, I can't get your passport because you don't understand my plight." That's different, but <laughs> the term plight is hilarious to me. Anyway, the point is, like, lesbians have to do more than we have to do, and I actually feel horribly for them because they don't have to stay outside. They then have to go inside, which is fucking disgusting. I don't know More disgusting than what we have to do. I, I don't know. I, I personally just love Regina's like facial expressions <laughs> while Megan is having this <laughs> this uh, meltdown. Monologue. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I get it. You're talking about um, going downtown. Why not? Well, that's why you're not a lesbian, Megan, because you're not into that. Whereas <laughs> I am. So to me, it's you don't mind. It's downtown. totally awesome because boys have said to me that they don't mind going downtown, and every time they say that, I'm like, "Stop right there! You're a fucking liar. I wasn't born <laughs> yesterday." So, are you telling me that some people actually don't care about going downtown, like downtown and then uptown? <laughs> Some people look forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is gross in my mind. I, well, yeah, it's... It, I don't look forward to it. It's my fucking city, so... 
Well, I don't know if it should be gross to you, but it's fine if it doesn't appeal to you. <laughs> I appreciate your. That acceptance. makes sense as a straight person. You would not be into that, Regina. Regina, I love you. I love you too, and I miss you a lot. Oh, I miss so, you too. Uh, Monday. By the time you're hearing this, we know who uh, the indictments for. Oh yeah. Do we have any ideas? Who do you guys think? You think indictment uh, for what? Uh, oh, it's going to be Manafort for sure, I think, Manafort? and probably um, Carter Page. Uh, I think it's going to be Kushner. I think it's going to be Carter Page. Oh, I haven't even thought about, about Kushner. That would be crazy. Is this Eventually, they're all going down. I really, really hope. The Russian investigation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, can't I think it's going to be Manafort. I don't see All it. evidence points to Putin being a Russian. <laughs> I kind of hope I, I kind of hope it's Carter Page because a I think he's a weird dude, and I want like the big Who's the bigger Carter Page? Carter Page. He's that weird guy with the big dimples. It's always on. Like he gets he goes he does like the exact opposite thing you should do if you're guilty. Uh, AKA all of Trump's administration. Yes, like he. Oh, goes, wait a minute. So 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 what you're saying is he's a weird dude. He's a real weird dude. He's they okay. Jared we, Kushner is the weirdest fucking no. dude. All right. Carter Page has fucking weird Carter Page has this guy beat. Do you know, do you remember like what Frost? What does he do? What is wait, his job? Do you remember Frosty the Snowman? Or no, yeah. it was Rudolph. It was Rudolph the Red Red's Reindeer. Remember that Jack in the Box guy? Yeah, that guy. There, nobody wants to play with a Charlie in the Box. That is Carter Page. L- literally, have no Ooh. idea what you're talking about. He's, I don't know what you mean by that. I know who, what you're talking about, but I don't understand. He looks your just point. like that character. He's a weird dude. He goes, uh, he goes on all these. He goes on like Chris Hayes' show, and Chris Hayes asks him like questions that a guilty person should not answer, and then he answers them in the most guilty way possible. Like he's and he's like pleading the fifth. So he's like Donald Trump. He what was you, he was listed saying? in one of these like Russian documents as like a get for them because he was so fucking stupid and he was like yeah i was listening man <laughs> he's crazy oh, when you did that laugh now i know exactly who you're talking about and yes are you totally for, for real bizarre because he does he, do he I'm has for real i'm for fucking real he has crazy beady eyes okay, he's got big dimples I'm, this is off wiki because i i had to educate myself and said to issue let's see this shortly after the fbi successfully obtained a warrant from the united states foreign intelligence surveillance court to surveil pages communications to issue the warrant the federal judge concluded there was probable cause to believe the fbi's declaration that page was a foreign agent knowingly engaging in clandestine intelligence for the russian government page was the only american who was directly targeted with a visa warrant in 2016 as part of the russian probe 90 day right was repeatedly renewed he was the foreign yeah. policy advisor on trump's campaign and he's uh, weird he's a weirdo whereas paul manafort was the campaign manager so i think they're just kind of oh, guys are weirdos well, well, Manafort's just a crook. Um, fucking us. They're gonna, Steven they're gonna Miller get him. Is also weird oh yeah, Stephen Miller's. He's a psychopath. Oof. That guy has some bodies in the in the crawl space. Um, You're using the term. It's sociopath. Psychopaths think, are the smart ones that don't get caught. They're gonna get Manafort for money laundering because, without a doubt, he was money laundering. They're gonna cut, get Carter Page for some espionage bullshit. Um, I don't when know. Is- 
Nuchin gonna get caught? Because that guy is also like shrinking my ovaries. I need all of these guys to. <laughs> there's get too the many fuck of them. Here. There's too many of. There's too many goons. They're all. They all need to go. It's like a strike. You just want to hit that center pin. Well, because so when you said Minuchin, at first I'm like, oh God, which it's one's that? that? Which one's Minuchin? But oh, then I'm Mnuchin like, oh, the, it's that one. Yeah, there's too many douchebags. He's the guy with the uh, the. He's got this receding hairline, and his hair he's is really thin in the front. Like, and then he dyes it black, and he's married to that woman who's very like. Yes, he's the guy who's he talks like a 1980s cartoon character in which his lips move and his jaw does not. That's, that's because that's the devil is speaking through his body. <laughs> he's the one who thought it would be a great optics to. I don't believe that to, uh, because I think the devil is like way slicker than that. Yeah. So I think he's like auditioning for Satan, and Satan's like, you know what? Fuck you. Devil, you didn't make the devil the is clearly Barack Obama. Yeah. That was a joke. That was a joke. Trying to make cause... a joke out of your joke, and I'm just give me a second. No, I, that just because makes that's me what the Republicans have said about Barack Obama. They said, that, remember, they said that he uh, yeah, thanks for smells Obama. like all the stuff is because of Obama. Well, there are those conspiracies. Like, there's one camera shot of like a fly buzzing around Obama, and they said that that's proof that he's the devil. What? And that he smells like um like sulfur. And that's all the proof that they needed. Sometimes right? I smell I mean, like sulfur. Hey, Regina, are you still there? <laughs> yes, I'm still here. Reggie's just breathing it all in. So I, I think it'll be Carter Page. I'll, you're, I'll you're a diplomat. Speaking of politicians, you're a fucking diplomat. Thank you for being you. See, I, the Me? way I want yeah. it to go down <laughs> before we move on, I want them to go like the lowest hanging fruit. I want it to go up the chain because I want to see all of them get more and more nervous. And I want to see... Uh, our president get more and more freaked out where he does more and more crazy shit on Twitter and they do more and more s- crazy investigations into Hillary Clinton at, as a private citizen just to try and distract it, which, you know, like I want to see the craziness. Like mm-hmm. we're getting there. They're getting nervous. What do you mean you want to have some craziness? We've had fucking craziness since November. Right. What are you talking about? It's since pre-November. So It's like yeah. shooting fish in a it barrel. It predates November, John. All right, well, moving on. <laughs> this is the story I'm comes wrong. from the Mo- Washington moving Post. Um, undocumented teen immigrant has the abortion she sought for weeks. The 17-year-old oh. crossed illegally into the United States after making the trek north from Central America. She dreamed of studying nursing and someday caring for senior citizens. Having a baby, her lawyers say, was not part of her plans. But she was detained at the U.S.-Mexico border and, after a medical examination, told that she was pregnant. She tried to schedule an abortion, but the Trump administration blocked her, prompting a lawsuit in federal court. Early Wednesday, this is last Wednesday, after an appeals court ruling in her favor, the teenager identified as Jane Doe in court papers left a federally funded Texas shelter where she had been kept under close watch and terminated her pregnancy. Quote, I am not ready to be a parent, she said in a statement provided provided by her lawyers. I made my decision, and that is between me and God. Through all of this, I have never changed my mind. Uh, I should also say that this this article doesn't go into it, but um, they first sent her to one of those crisis pregnancy centers mm. uh, to try and scare her. Uh, out of, oh, to keep finally her we get to the crisis pregnancy centers. I can't wait. Yeah, So, um, so the story goes on and on. With something here from Ken Paxton, but who gives a shit what that fucker thinks? So it's a Who's good that? thing that she. Oh, do you know that some people don't think that they think that the Constitution only applies to American citizens? Who said well, that? 
Uh, just like in the general Twitter sphere, they're like, she has no right to an abortion. She's not an American citizen. Like, uh, the Constitution well, ever- doesn't really work. Like, our laws don't work that way. That doesn't make any sense. I thought the Constitution applied to all Christians because that's the last word, right? So I have a I have a question about this. So why did she have to go to court to get an abortion? Because they were blocking her from why they were detaining her because they did not they wanted her to you know how Texas is because they wanted her to have no they were not subsequently pay for. Regina. Is it because they didn't? So it's because they didn't want to have to pay for it. They're ne- they don't. The government does not pay for abortions. They would never pay for it anyway. She's but she's a she's she a had refugee, her own she had her own funding for that. And there are other there are other organizations that help people that uh, need assistance to get abortions to to financially. I mean, I did that. hear about this case, and I heard about the price, uh, but, crisis but pregnancy the, but, center, but I don't understand why she had to sue to have an abortion. Because Texas is anti-abortion. They're doing all, like, our legislation right now is doing all they can to cut abortion access out. What I don't understand, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Reggie, I, I didn't mean I just it. want to make it clear that the government does not fund abortions in any way, shape, or form. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Is it because she was a minor, or? It's because her, they did not want her to have an abortion. That's the only reason. she's a woman, and that, because she is not impregnated by a senator. That's why they didn't fund it. <laughs> But it is it crazy though? Like they essentially wanted her to have an anchor baby. I like the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's what I don't understand is how how does this get from detention center in Texas to Trump administration? Like who has a direct you know red line abortion phone? To the fucking White House, and they Ted pick it up Cruz. every time, and they're like, "There's this little girl in, you know, some town in South Texas." Because the, the how it got all the way up there, and that's one of Ken Paxson's uh, one of the things he was upset is it just kept on going up through the courts. So uh, the evangelism grapevine, isn't it? Pretty much. So, so the court said yes. That the Texas cannot bar her from having an abortion. They filed an appeal, and this whole thing was a waiting game because in Texas, there's once you hit a certain uh, point in your pregnancy, you can't have an abortion. So like they were thinking they were trying to wait it out so that de facto she would have to have this carry this <sighs> pregnancy the term that she did not want, which is so horrific. It uh, turns out like you can't have an abortion without parental consent as a minor in Texas. So that was the crux of this lawsuit but she had no parents in texas so that's why she had to obtain a judge's permission and she was 17 years old which i think i don't know federally she was 17 yeah then federally you reached modernity at 18 18 i thought that if you had a child and or were pregnant then at 16 you could provide consent for that no not true and i looked that up when i was in high school it's 17 and a half. At least it was in 1996 and a half. Uh, Seven. 
The abortion ended the girl's individual court challenge in a case that drew widespread attention and evoked the incendiary issues of abortion rights and illegal immigration, but the broader legal battle over whether the federal government continued to dissuade and even block undocumented teens in its custody from having abortions is still pending in the U.S. District Court in Washington. The Trump administration had no comment on the case Wednesday, even as a leading as leading Republican in Texas criticizes the Justice Department's failure to appeal the teen's case to the Supreme Court in time to halt her abortion. Texas Attorney General Kim Paxton said that he and 11 other Republican state attorneys general were prepared to file a legal brief with the high court to help defend the Trump administration's position. Quote, this really not only cost a life, it could pave the way for anyone outside the United States to unlawfully enter and obtain an abortion. So now, now he's saying that people everywhere are going to cross into America to have abortion. And will become the abortion Which, capital of well, the world. Well, it's hilarious Great. because... Right. It's so the U.S. is abortion central, like, because well, we just allow anybody... We allow men to have abortions. We're so liberal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. The American Civil Liberties Union, which represented the teens, said that that policy... Uh, Oh, okay. Sorry. Let me read the sentence before that to make sense of this sentence I'm about to read. The Trump administration said in court that it has a new policy of refusing to facilitate abortions for unaccompanied minors taken into federal custody after crossing the border illegally. And we should also point out she left her, uh, she left Central America because she, I mean, she's basically a refugee. She said that she was facing abuse there. Um, Guatemala, right? I don't know. It did, this, this, uh, article didn't specify. Um, the American Civil Liberties Union, which represented the teen, said that that policy violates the minor's constitutional right to an abortion in the United States. Uh, just well, I per- think. I'm sorry. This is sort of tragic on another level because a lot of these unaccompanied minors um, and just people in general that are crossing through, you know, South and Central America, Mexico, face violence and sexual violence as well. Um, you know it's entirely possible that she's, she was pregnant of no, um, right. You know, that she was most likely raped. So no consent of her own. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would have brought that up. You do? Um, she yeah. alludes to it. Why, by saying her journey- why would they have brought Easy. that up? Yeah. They don't like it when you bring that up. <laughs> they don't like it. Cause when you it bring- doesn't exist, Cindy. Cause there is no such thing as unconsent unconsensual sex no i feel like because everybody wants it or everything's got planned but did you there was there was a guy on twitter sorry never mind you go no um do it well no i want you to say now because you're upset yeah i also do too i was just gonna say that i feel like it would have been a stronger talking point in their aspect then again, I'm also assuming that the people on the other end of this argument would have been any kind of compassionate humans, and they're all fucking pieces of human trash. So It would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't know all the details of the case, for one. Um, and two, if it's not her, then it's going to be somebody else, most likely. So it's just appalling on multiple levels to like re-traumatize someone who has already had a traumatic experience to begin with, whether she was raped or not, just getting to this country. Um, it's just so heartless and unempathetic. Yeah. We had politicians that were legally try- literally trying to use the court system to force a young woman to carry to term a pregnancy that she didn't want against her will. Yeah. 
Well, these are the same people that say, like, on a liberal bent, that we use the courts to to change, like, in an inappropriate way to change laws. But that's exactly what they were designed to do: yeah. is to challenge laws. So, I mean, they they do that to citizens too. The the advantage that she has in this case is that she's a non-citizen. Megan, you are moving around so much. I'm getting motion sickness. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I just I ran out of battery, <laughs> so I've got to connect it to the next outlet. And anyway. Here we are. So. <laughs> the roller coaster is over. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this next is this next story is more of an editorial, but I do it kind of. I read this article and I found it interesting because I don't know if you've heard, but do you know? Do you all know who Roger Stone is? He's probably he's the next Good one line. that I hope is going to have uh, face indictment over. Uh, he's a, he's another weird cat. Um, he just got banned from Twitter. Because he's been he's been uh, uh, put on notice for a couple of times, but he's he's you know a, a buddy of Trump and uh, looks like Roger Sterling from Mad Men. Oh, don't say that. Roger Sterling is hot. <laughs> Roger Stone is no. Hot. It doesn't it doesn't matter if they're hot, John. You're missing the point. Um, but anyway, so Roger Stone went on just like all the Trump Trumpeteers. They freaked out last night. And so he was tweeting some really homophobic and racist stuff to like Don Lemon and Jake Tapper and whatever. So enough people reported him that they kind of Twitter uh, suspended him for a while. And then I heard that he was banned altogether from the platform uh, to which his legal team is reaching out. But anyway, so this, let's read this editorial. It's from Hannah Jane Parkinson from The Guardian. Uh, Trump breaks Twitter's rules, so why not ban him? And this is just an excerpt from him. Trump Trump sent a letter. 1,002 tweets in his first six months in office, perhaps slightly more times than he's golfed, but not by much. That's in addition to the 8,144 tweets he sent during his campaign. Obama was known as the Facebook president, and Trump has become the first Twitter president. But while Obama's election was down to his social media as a, as a campaigning and grassroots funding tool, helped along by Chris Hughes, a Facebook, the Facebook co-founder, Trump's attachment to Twitter is much more personal. After all, despite Facebook's role in Obama's victory, he didn't have his own Facebook page until 2015. Trump occasionally uses Twitter in a constructive way to announce policies, but more often he he tweets like a petty, pugilistic teen or a troll. Twitter, of course, is notorious for not dealing with abuse well. It's why former CEO Dick Costello told employees he was frankly ashamed at how the company sucked at dealing with abuse. It's why companies such as Disney backed away from, from a buyout. It's partly why a select committee addressed the issue in the UK and Yvette Cooper set up the Reclaim the Internet campaign. It's why users have often staged protests or left altogether. The company is on a defensive with co-founder Bizstone tweeting, y'all all pile on us. You really think the issue don't, doesn't weigh on us and you're so dismissive that trust and safety team. We're all people. The platform's terms of service reference a wide variety of offensive offenses, but these are applied haphazardly. For a company obsessed with doing better at transparency, seemingly releasing a statement to this effect each month, its decisions are nearly always opaque. Inquiries usually as the standard response and the company does not comment on individual cases. So the question is, since Trump breaks Twitter's rules why don't they ban him? And should they ban him? Thoughts? First of all, back up. He's wrong there. We're not all people. Second of all, did Twitter even... Wasn't Twitter going to die until Trump, like, fucking started blowing that shit up? Like, is there some sort of, like, Trump stock interest in Twitter? Like, I've never used Twitter in my goddamn life. 
Well, you should. Nor have I read it. You should for secretly Timon. No, I, I should figure not out how to use do it. that. It's, it's his really medium simple. of choice. Why should I do that? <laughs> well, Cindy, come on. What I, I there's there's a lot of things for me to respond to here. <laughs> Just take them one okay, by one. I'm going to take it one by one. With the fact, or like, I suppose the question as to why Trump hasn't been banned yet. Can you imagine? Like, can you fucking imagine the type of nuclear toddler meltdown that would happen if he was banned from Trump? Won't be on Twitter. Banned no. from Twitter. He fucking owns it because. Nobody was using Twitter prior to no. like Megan. You November were not using Twitter prior to this. Okay, I've never. Okay, we that, get it. That's a good point. I've never you used weren't. Twitter, yeah. but I'm not even. Res- I'm not sure how the verbiage goes. Actually, like, do you uh, tweet? Do you tweet? Well, I. I mean, well, I'll give you a 101, and I suck at it. I don't really use it that much either. But that's besides. Mostly because I just like these days the fucking words that i see coming out of people's mouths just make me want to choke on my own vomit so i just stick to like pretty pictures on instagram but that being said (laughs) i don't think that they they being twitter is ready for the implication that banning trump would have because i think that the people that they have banned is like small well, they know, tried to ban Rose McGowan, and there is yeah, a huge okay, but backlash. Yeah, Rose, Rose McGowan and Donald Trump. Like, you're talking about a lot. I mean, a lot of the, well, oh, I'm going to keep well, that I one think in. out of all the uh, different platforms, that I, I want to guess, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like Twitter has the most question. Like, they definitely have the most Russian bots, and they also have, like, there's such a, there's a very large racist part of Twitter, like the alt-right. They use Twitter like that. Pepe the Frog. Get the fuck everywhere. out of town. No, that's true. And you know, ultimately, yes, I know it's true. That's why I said it like that. But ultimately, these are private corporations, right? Twitter is a private corporation in for profit. And what's getting profit right now? But don't you think that there's something to say that Trump's provoking North Korea could lead to much dire consequences? That maybe they'd be smart to just. Pull the plug on that? Assuming no. that they are in it for larger humanity's concern, and they're not. They're in it for money. There's no such thing as altruism, John. I've but had on that a legal standpoint, I mean, if if he's doing things that violate their terms of service... Then they will change the terms of service. I think that since he... If he were a celebrity, just a celebrity still as low rent as he was as a celebrity, I'm sure they would be entertaining the idea of possibly banning him. But now that he has crossed into a political figure with power and our president, which is disgusting. um, I mean, do you think that by banning him, they would be doing some sort of like public disservice since it's access to our president? I don't know. And I think in part of They're me, not the mouthpiece of the government and they're he's acting using like it. it now. But like Cindy he said, is, it's a private corporation, but they are acting as if they are a governmental. No, I don't think that Twitter is. It's Trump that has employed it as a tool right. for messaging 
And I don't think that's a coincidence as point. a government official and our top executive. So, I mean, you could, is it appropriate for that? No, absolutely not. But most things he does are inappropriate. Um, you know, uh, Obama used Facebook, uh, I would say, in a professional manner, um, not in a personal manner, whereas, you know, everything with Trump is is relatively personal. But that's so, just the kind of people they are, I think, too. Like, for as as uh, as much as I love Obama, like, there's a lot of things that I had to actually learn about because I sought it, not because it was presented to me in this very childlike, you know, 126 character medium or however the fuck money you can put on Twitter. You know, Donald Trump just puts it all out there, just puts it well, all think- and lets us all see his grotesque humanity. Yeah, that's true. I think at this point, social media is so ubiquitous that, you know, it is it it feels legitimate to use Facebook or Twitter or Instagram for messaging in a official capacity on some level. And maybe that's the issue. Uh, that's a really good. That's I think that's a really good point. Maybe that's the issue. Like these are not. We're too comfortable with these things. That's what that I'm used saying. to be. Um, you know, pictures of food and your kids and your dog are now being used, you know, for outreach and announcements and, you know, so that so that that brings up a good question. Where does the line blur between, you know, like what's the difference between like LinkedIn and Instagram or, you know, because I think a lot of companies look at like whenever they're hiring, John, John went through this, I'm sure. And, you know, whoever is like looking for a new job, um, you know, you have to put up a nice face to like be presentable. You have to, uh, suck some D's, not suck, literally, you have not to suck literally some social media D's yeah. to, to like present you to, yourself. Well, for me, correctly. I had to set that shit on private right. so that they get surprised later when I <laughs> suck some private D's. Yeah. You know, when I was hiring DMs. for my team, um, all of the potential candidates I came across, I absolutely searched for them on Facebook um, just to see a, you know, what they look like and b if they looked like a fuck up. So, I mean, it's happening. So where does the line blur between social media platform and person? Like, I'm much angrier on Twitter than I am in real life. But it's still all me. Like, I've never... Like, I don't know. I never understood the trolls, you know, the people that are just awful on but you've ad- Twitter you've, or Facebook. You've admitted that you've done that before. Uh, no, no, I've never been. Like, when I said that I trolled somebody, it's not like an online troll that says something awful just to get a reaction. No, mine's very targeting. You know, like, I'm, but I disagree with somebody on Morning Joe, so I tweet at them and say, you know, you were wrong here. You're lying to your audience, stuff like that. Not, this, not think, quite the same. How is that, Cindy? Because like an online troll will like uh, look at uh, give me give me a celebrity. Will uh, Rose McGowan? Rose McGowan and say, "Hey Rose, I'm glad you got cancer. I don't know she didn't get cancer, but you know, like something like that. Or hey, I heard that your kid died. I'm glad. You know, like really awful things just to get some type of reaction. So, are you saying the degree of severity of troll is different than? I'm saying trolls are. Awful for the sake of being awful. When I'm critical of somebody, usually a media pundit, it's not because of something superficial 
or any personal history. It's usually because they like today on Am Joy they had a Republican talking head named uh, Jan something or other who was lying and like literally just reading Republican talking points out that you know Joy Reid handled. But something like that, I tweeted her and said, actually I could read it right now. I, I, I said I wish we had because because Joy was calling her out and you could tell that she was in the fucking hot seat. You could mm-hmm. see the the sweat. And I said, I wish we had a, we need to get a Fitbit on her because I know her heart rate right now is going through the fucking roof. <laughs> like stuff like that. Yeah. No, I just. Joy I, was not, her name, 30 years old, unwed. Yeah. Is that I'm what not we're talking to throw about? You under the bus at all. I'm just trying to like, to, I, I personally, I'm trying to figure that out, like what that looks like and yeah, what, how that's different because I don't dabble in a lot of that. Yeah, we're an online troll will be an anonymous person. They'll ne- usually never have their face or any sort of, if. Well, and and I've done that too, right? Like I'm I'm totally, you know, I'm not going to stand here and say that I haven't. Like I do it to Ted Cruz and uh, Glenn Abbott. But and I like, think it's different though. Like an online troll, they'll say something racist, even though themselves might not be racist. They just kind of get off on being awful to people. Which is why I will end this this part of my conversation and saying that people are trash. (laughs) (laughs) But I think you bring up a good point, Cindy. You uh, asked about the difference between where does, you know, our online persona end and our person begin. And and, uh, to that point, I think we all know like Facebook and Instagram and maybe to some extent Twitter, Twitter, like we're all presenting a version of ourselves that's not entirely accurate, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just find how useful are they then? <laughs> it's it's not even just digital. I mean, anytime we meet somebody, we tell them what we want them to know about us. Sometimes Where I say observations stuff I don't want them to independent, know. But what? Sometimes I say things I don't want them to know. I get Stop nervous. doing that, John. I can't help <laughs> it. You can. I do it all the time. If I can do it, you can do it. I don't know. You're. I mean, a- I, I think I use, uh, personally, I use different media for different things. Like, right. Like, we use Facebook for flirting with Russ. <laughs> I object completely. Who's Russ? I do. I use it that way. I'm I don't kidding. I know who that is. <laughs> Although I'm not at all. I was going to say. Like, <laughs> He's somebody I went to high school with. Who's Who's super nice and really smart, and I think that... I think he's a nice guy, but I don't think we flirt. I think that we just have witty banter between each other. Yeah, see, notice how Cindy just skipped right over that landmine. What landmine? <laughs> Threw me on it. Cindy, I'd like to talk to you after this. Time out, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> All of you. How dare any of you? We're just teasing. No, you're not, you fucker. You absolutely believe that. <laughs> don't tell me you're just teasing. You're not. <laughs> I, I, I'm allowed to have, like, witty conversation with somebody of the opposite sex you're slut shaming john (laughs) i think i'm the slut though i'm not i implicated myself nobody said you weren't (laughs) you know i haven't really been on facebook for the last couple weeks and it's been really nice um i have to say you also not watch tv i don't have time to watch tv it's kind of depressing say you probably don't um, I just use Facebook now for like I'll just post pictures of my kids basically, and it's for like kids or people to ogle my children. Which and you, you have the only fulfilled. kids that I can put up with. Well, I think you should use a different word. What? Me? Or like me. dote on dote on my children. Say that. 
Okay, I don't know what I said that. Go on. That uncomfortable. Anyway, um, yeah, I use that for that. I use Instagram for pictures that make me happy because I don't want to read anybody's fucking news. Yeah, I'm tired of. I, I'm just tired of like having to read people's articles shoving you know in my face. The other day, I read an article about Father John Misty, and it had this like um. Who that? He uses the huh? Who's that? The Father guy John who's Misty? on her shirt. The guy who's on my shirt. Oh, I don't know who that is. I thought it was Zach Galifianakis. No, you made a comment about this. You were like, <laughs> everybody else is at this Father John Misty concert except for me, and then we talked about it. Oh. Anyway, he said some word in this interview I was reading on Pitchfork, and then like an article came up for this title of this game that he was like referencing in this song, and it just made me feel very, very weird. Like. I, it, it it's just what too weird enmeshed. huh it's just too enmeshed like facebook is just weird and it, it like it like is bringing up all this like medication for all of this shit and i'm like i don't this is too much for me so so facebook's a little lot see i use right facebook now. personal i do my personal shit on facebook twitter is for my politics and instagram is for my poker and my cats megan what? <laughs> which which is your favorite social media platform? I'm still using GeoCities. <laughs> just working out just fine. That's good. I would so, I would please like, go to my GeoCities page. I would like <laughs> Megan to get an Instagram. Megan would no. get an Instagram. I'm not gonna fucking do that. No. Which is which is, you know, strange because she's an amazing photographer. Yeah. And she's like this she has, beautiful she has oh, you. notebooks and notebooks and notebooks Come on, you guys. of fucking photos. And Regina doesn't use it nearly as often as she should either, because she too used to take photographs. I yeah, I just haven't really been on the social media tip lately, but I did post something to Instagram like last weekend, I think. But yeah, I I prefer I prefer Instagram to be quite honest, because you can just post something interesting or cool and you don't have to really comment on it if you don't want to well i suggest you all search hashtag bulge on instagram Mm -hmm. for a good time i don't know can you can you do that without an account (laughs) i i think so i think so actually yeah can you just send me the photos i don't want to have to I'm going to start bombarding you with pictures of my children now since I know you don't see them. This seems like a perfect time to wrap it up. (laughs) Wrap it up. Sounds good. Speaking of children, children, No, you got there first. (laughs) Ding. Got it. So Uh, we will be taking a break next weekend. Oh, man. What the fuck am I going to do next weekend? Call me. Figure out plans to move to Texas. Yay. Do, I will be do that camping. every second of every day. Virginia going to be camping again? Uh, yeah, we're doing a little lumberjack-themed camping situation next weekend. I'm looking forward to it. That sounds like it's gonna fun. Be fun. What are you going to uh, do, speak- Cindy? Speaking of my uh, subsequent move to Texas, mm-hmm. I got an email yesterday that said that I was not uh, being considered for the sex offender program specialist position at the Department of Corrections because I didn't live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area already. So You can start using my address if you want to. No, I, I not for that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm not gonna did you actually that. apply for that job? Is that something you wanted to do? I did because I really... I, no, it's not. But I really just want to fucking... 
the fuck out of here, man. Thank God. Like <laughs> yesterday. From one prison to the next. Yeah. Good, good call. <laughs> yes. That was very well put. Well, enjoy the songs. Fuck the KGB uh, by the U.S. Americans and uh, check out their album. I think it's it should be out now. It's th- Get this, their debut album, album is called The Greatest Hits. I kind of <laughs> like that. It's Greatest Hits. So we'll be, we'll be back in two weeks. Um, don't miss this too hard. And uh, that's all we got. So. Ciao. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Two weeks. What am I going to do next week?